So I am Lightning, and I have been at uh, the world-famous K-Rock, K-R-O-Q. It's an FM radio station, Alternative Rock, in Los Angeles for about 26 years. You are Sean Holman. We're going to call you Holman for the sake of this podcast. And we have known each other for how many years? I think we figured out it's really close to uh, 20, because I think think we met in like 90... Eight or so at a believe it or not real big fish in store appearance that you were hosting for the radio <laughs> the station. The ska band, yes, yeah. real big fish. If any of you guys remember that band, wow, yeah. they are still around. They are still around. Yeah, and still around. Uh, you know, I actually saw them not too long ago. It's my guilty pleasure as ska. That's one uh, one thing I never uh, let go of. It was cool, but but yeah, that's how we met. And then here we are today. I'm still in radio, and now you're the head of. A bunch of like cool media brands, blogs and magazines and video. Yeah, we don't call them magazines anymore. They're brands because okay. we do a little bit of everything. We have gotcha. uh, social, video, print, uh, web, all this stuff. Now a podcast. And uh, yeah, so uh, so I uh, oversee all of our truck group. And so Diesel Power and Trucking and Truck Trend and Four Wheeler, Pearson's Four Wheel Off-Road and JP are are all my titles. And uh, you and I sort of got to know each other a little bit over the years just because of running in the same truck circles, and uh, I, I think back in, I don't know, 2003 or four, I think we installed a Bassani exhaust on the truck you had at the time. <laughs> right. And No, no, the Bassani exhaust, I think, was was that my van? No, my, that my was Duramax the, that, van? That was the white truck. Oh, it was. It was an 03 yeah. Chevy Silverado crew cab, yeah. Yeah, and then we obviously worked on other projects together, uh, like the uh, the big truck, and uh, yeah, so I mean, we've, we, the Rock Crusher, right? Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, we got to get to all this stuff. Well, yeah. you guys, ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the first episode of The Truck Show. The Truck Show. We're going to show you what we know. We're going to answer what the truck, because truck rides with <laughs> The Truck Show. We have the lifted, we have the lowered, and everything in between. We'll talk about trucks that run on The Truck Show, The Truck Show, oh, oh. It's The now. Truck yeah. Show with your hosts, Lightning and Holman. <laughs> Where like, did you find that guy? It's like official in some junk, oh, don't man. you think? It's only official because we have a, a, a intro now. Wow. Yeah, I know. The truck working hard. Show, The Truck Show. I, I can't like, sing. I can't sing. No, we've been, we've been at this for, what, like three months trying to get this thing off the ground? I feel like, you know, it's like having a new kid. Uh, we have an intro. It's real yeah. now, right? Yeah, it's real. I mean, here's the thing. Like, Okay, so we're Yahoos, and we this is probably going to suck. However, to well, probably yeah. All right, so what will balance out the suckage are are, are we have good guests, right? We have really good guests because we've been around the industry for a really long time. We know a few people. We do know a few people. You're very connected in some avenue in some avenues, and I'm no, I'm not connected. Am I? No, I guess you so. are. No, there's, there's I do know people. Some people. That, yeah, so, for example, on on this first podcast of the Truck Show, we've got uh, we're going to be talking about Ram Interiors, the new yeah. 1500, and the uh, uh, and then Alpine Electronics. We've yeah. got Steve Brown, who is a legend in aftermarket electronics. Lone Star Throwdown, one of the okay. founders of Lone Star Throwdown. Big so truck which, show in Texas. It is the biggest truck show I think maybe in the country these days. And we're going to be capping the show. This is what I'm really excited about. We're going to be talking to a writer who covered the battle <laughs> over truck nuts. 
<laughs> the two old men who thought that they were each individually inventing something very unique, and they were inventing something at the same time, and battled and until- had a venomous relationship yes. back and forth with yes. uh, corporate espionage. And I mean, <laughs> well, who knew? Don't say anymore. Don't say anymore. Don't say anymore. This is all coming up on the uh, first episode of the truck show, and I think we're we're pretty proud of it. Yeah, all right, so uh, Holman, we get into this thing. We've got uh, we've got a guest sitting right here. I think we have to Woo. launch into the uh, to the intro. Here we go. Screw, nut, filter, oil, grill, tools, the parts department, wheels, tires, brakes, lights, gears, belts, the parts department, and your wife warns you not and you to don't spend your cash, and then you want to come back. See, because oh you want to come back. That's you spend awesome. all your cash, and your wife's pissed. That's you awesome. Back. And you're spending it on Alpine Electronics, aren't well, you? Well, correct. That's right. Absolutely. So in the studio of the truck show, we've got uh, Mr. Steve Brown and Mr. Philip Bowen over here. And uh, he doesn't have a mic, but we've got one for, for Steve. He How's it going, right guys? Here. What's up? Steve, you have been with Alpine for how many years now? 23 glorious years. Holy Almost shiznit. exactly to the day. So how did we, how did we meet? Why do I know you? Whew. You wanted car audio gear for free, and what? I seem like a likely <laughs> I subject. Knew he, to I knew he was going to say. Pretty so, sure that's wait, 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 wait. wait, was he lightning at the time? Yes. Okay. I've All always right. been of lightning. Course. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is Did it, you give it to him? Unfortunately, yeah. Oh, what man. do you mean? Unfortunately, you know, I even installed it. Please yes. tell me there's some consternation <laughs> in that decision. Now you didn't just freely hand over the product, right? Did you you vetted him, you checked him well, out? I mean, come you on. know, I think I was a little swayed by his uh, his magnetic personality. I think <laughs> well, that's probably what it was. It wasn't his, it was his good looks, his it radio good looks. He's definitely got a, a, a face for radio. Yes, no thank you very it. much. I think that I had someone vouched for me. Oh, yeah. It wasn't a pity uh, handoff. It was someone I knew at Alpine, and they're like, "Nah, this is the guy. You got to talk to Steve." Wow. Who would it have been? I don't know. Who's your predecessor? 23 years ago. How can we remember? Thing. There's really no predecessors. We didn't really do this before I came there. Yeah. Ooh, you started a trend. Yeah. So when you started at Alpine, I mean, everyone knows the Alpine name, but when you started there, it was the pinnacle. It was where every installer wanted to be. It was the brand that the rappers rapped about in the rap songs. That's all you need to know. Yeah, it's true. Boom. DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, right? Yep. True story. Easy. Yeah. You name it. Tell me about getting there. You show up from, you're a kid from Northwest, right? Yeah, I I grew up in uh, Washington State. Okay. And the reason I got into car audio, I was into into it because that was kind of what you did. You know, it was a car thing. Were you like car audio guy because you're an audiophile, or were you car audio guy, biggest sub possible, and you like blowing up people's glass and windows and all that stuff? It was a little bit of both. All right. And it was a competition, too. For, for right. you know, because back in back then you could you could go to 10, 15 shows a year without spending a lot of money. So it was a good thing to do if you were you know a broke college kid, and that's exactly what I did. Met a guy from Alpine at one of the shows and and ended up getting the job. I mean, it's literally that simple. But the the transformation of that brand over the years has been amazing. You know, from I mean, we used to be famous for you know singled in radios, and now we're making these <laughs> systems that go you know that integrate with all the stuff in the trucks and cars. Well, it's funny. Like I can look at back in my past, and I remember having my first singled in Alpine. Oh yeah. Head unit with I replaced a tape deck with a CD player. And I uh, didn't have enough money to do the speakers, and I thought I was bawling then, right? <laughs> and uh, we just did a thing with you guys. But it was thousand dollars that deck back then. It know? was it was maybe uh, maybe not that much because I had friends, but, right. uh, but, but yeah, they, they were expensive, you know. <laughs> no, absolutely. And yeah. I, I look at you know that whole trend. Like I've been your customer throughout that line. We just did yeah. a story with you guys in JP Magazine 
for the uh, Wrangler head unit replacement. Yeah. And you guys have a great uh, direct replacement, yeah. full head unit screen, uh, the WRA. Right. We're going to get to that. We're going to awesome. slow, slow your roll here for a second. <laughs> awesome. Slow your roll. I need to talk about Steve. This guy is a celebrity. No, like, no joke. Steve Brown's a celebrity. When he walks around CES or SEMA, everyone knows who he is. It's kind of like when you're walking around, you're the editor. Everyone knows who you are for like yeah. trucks and Jeeps. But when it comes to car audio and aftermarket, this is the motherfucking man right here. I have because he has of, the goods. I have a lot of dude fans. You do. Which is Tell not me the greatest thing you'd no, really but, want in your life. <laughs> yeah, wait, wait, wait. There it is. Philip, come here for a second. Phil, yeah, Phil, Phil can vouch explain. For this. Yeah, explain I've this. How does it? How does it go down? I know you're a fan, but how does That's it go down? Fan. Tell me the conversation when you're at a car show or you're wherever at four wheel parts. Yeah, and. And guys geek out on this man. Oh, it's it's kind of uh, awkward, really, but <laughs> um, uh, but it happens. Um, m- usually more at a, like a CES shows, um, you know. But uh, I know back in the day he was, uh, you know, he. he walking through the crowd and you'd get stopped every five feet and want to take pictures with him. And, <laughs> you know. But I was one of those guys. I, I never went that far, but uh, I used to go to CES every year as a, as kind of a newbie installer to go see what, uh, you know, the guys over at Alpine built. And I was, you know, I was a fanboy. <laughs> so how'd yeah. you end up at the company if you were uh, uh, your well, fandom? I, I, I started in car audio about almost 20 years ago. Well, it's been 20 years now. And, uh, you know, I've always been an Alpine fan and, uh, you know, I've been applying with the company for 10 years and, you know, in their defense, you know, I applied for paralegal, I think, at one point, just because, you know, I had to <laughs> throw my name in the hat. But, Completely uh, unqualified. But, yeah. So I didn't get a phone call. That's awesome. So uh, so was it just something you figured if he was going to be hanging out stalking you, you might as well just pay him for it? Or, yeah, yeah, pretty much, uh, it yeah. It works, yeah. Right on. Yeah, we had a good interview. I mean, we spent about two hours talking about very little work. But, yeah, um, we forgot about that. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a passion thing. We started really with the demo cars back Oh, man, 2000, right around there. And we would build one every year to kind of promote the brand. And they just really took off. It was before social media really had an, an opportunity to promote it. So it was it was a little more ground, like kind of a little bit more underground. And it was a little bit more about the guys that were into car audio. And that's where I think you see a lot of that. It's these guys. These guys will later become installers. A lot of them moved on to other industries and made a living out of that. But but the stuff, this scene, they, this scene, at least on the West Coast, and I know it existed everywhere, but these show cars were trophies on wheels oh yeah and yeah. you know you're talking about astro vans with 24 18 <laughs> oh, yeah. inch subs in them and you guys weren't just installing the sound systems for high spl you were doing next level projects that no one had ever seen before we were and building concept cars concept yeah, we were you doing. literally were building was. concept bmws and yeah. hondas and all kinds of crazy stuff yeah. that that pushed like your fandom to a whole new like well and what's funny about it is the techniques that we you know pioneered and actually perfected back then a lot of those techniques still get used today you know we taught a lot of these these young kids back then how to build the stuff and they're still building and they're teaching other kids how to build which i think is super cool well i see there's some instagram fame kids oh, out yeah, there that are sure. doing like car audio stuff and really yeah. really talented yeah but they're all the techniques that i saw you doing it's, in the late 90s yeah. uh, you know they, they've does that hurt easier. does that hurt i th- i take it as a compliment cool? okay. i think it's super cool i you know, I like the fact I like to see what people build, and I don't think if you if I show you how to do something, I don't consider you copying me if you use that technique. That's you're you just, using you're that just passing down the tradition, yeah. really, right? I always tell people I can show you how to do everything we do on the cars. I can't teach you what you're going to build. Like right. that's you. That's the unique part of it. It's the techniques anybody can learn. But that. people have ripped you off, and oh, yeah. it's pissed you off. Don't let's not lie. This is, let's be honest here. People are companies. The second I mean, one, the second one is it. it, it you all, I have to look at it as a compliment. Okay. The second one's always a compliment. Okay. If somebody copies, it's a compliment. Tell me about the battle between you, between Alpine, 
and yeah. Fosgate. <laughs> so Alpine, no, as a as a car audio geek yeah. myself, yeah. Alpine and Fosgate had the two preeminent installation groups. Like these guys yeah. were in it to win it. We we had we both both companies prioritized that. So we we invested in people, you know, and, and resources to be able to do it. So we were the two companies that were really taking it seriously, and that was, you know, in the mid two thousands. Is, is when we were really going back and forth. What's funny about it is the competition really wasn't between us. We didn't really feel it at all. We would go to CES and, oh, I wonder what those guys built, and they'd do the same thing. But everybody would come to us saying, what are you guys going to do to top the Rockford guys or vice versa, <laughs> right? So they kind of made it more into a competition than we did, to be honest with you. Who did Marine first? Because when you built that boat. Oh, well. What, we, and tell me about the boat and tell yeah. me how did that come about. Because that boat, I felt like. It came in the right time in your career when no one had seen a yeah. cr- an outlandish riverboat, and it wasn't like an ocean-going vessel. <laughs> the only problem with it is you might remember some small issues with the stock market around that time. Yeah. It wasn't the best time to launch a marine <laughs> line, like so we, we 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 didn't get our timing right. But I mean, as far as pushing the boundaries, I mean that was probably the hardest vehicle we ever built. There was more labor in that thing than any any other vehicle we built, but. Since it's a boat, it's a different crowd. And the car guys kind of look at it and go, eh, I'm not mm. a boat guy. And, and if you don't know boats, you don't really know how much work well, went Well, in the mid-2000s, I mean, at Truck and Magazine, we were building, you know, trucks with matching boats. I mean, that was the oh, big thing yeah, for SEMA, right? For we sure. were. How many of those did uh, did we did we you know churn out of the magazine world? I mean, it's it's scores I'm yeah. sure that were that were trucks matching boats, matching wheels and tires. It was Definitely. pretty crazy back then. You still see them from the '80s rolling around the freeway. Sometimes it's cool. Yeah, it's all original, preserved. You know. Do you have a favorite build? Yeah, Sinister Six is my favorite build. Which one was that? That was the six series six forty five CSI Those convertible cool that we took that we took apart and rebodied basically. What was your favorite truck build? Favorite truck build, probably. Because you guys have done some know, pretty crazy ones. We over have, the years. you know, I, there's one that sticks out to me, and it's a Ford Excursion. What did we put in that thing? I think we put 12-12s in it. And the thing I always thought was funny about that, 12-12s, right? So we took it to CES, and we're tuning it, and, and, you know, we're beating on it, and we hear this, wham! And I'm like, what the heck was that? So we get up on the roof, and it turns out we had vibrated one of the ceiling fixtures out. It came down and slammed down and hit the roof, and it caused a little dent. Ten years later, I saw that thing at a dealer. They had bought it. Still had the dent in the roof. (laughs) Of course it did. Did you sign it? a good story behind it. Of course it did. That would have been good, yeah. Tell me about the evolution. So we go from, I mean, this is a crazy roller coaster ride through Alpine. So you've got the 80s when every person wanted an Alpine. And then you've got the 90s, which it's kind of the audio craze, high SPL, audio contest, all thing, into 2000s, into now, which is like retro restyling, right? Well, you know, it's changed a lot. It's about integration now. People don't want the outlandish systems in their vehicles. They still, they're still a good, well, yeah, I do too. (laughs) We're not exactly normal. I have 312s in my Tundra J, so I'm not the normal, your average (laughs) consumer. No, I still got got all four seats in it. All right. (laughs) I mean, I guess the way I I would call it, um, it, it's evolving into more um, sophisticated, a more sophisticated presence of car audio. And and even from the OEs, you're seeing a much better, you know, factory options, whether it be in the dash, whether it be in the sound system side. It's it's amazing. Integration with your cell phone with Android Auto and CarPlay. And, you know, I just, I rented a vehicle when I was traveling and the rental car actually had CarPlay. And I did everything off my phone, nav and everything. And it's killer. um, You know, that has changed the landscape of of what we all do. That's probably the single most 
influential thing that car audio is, yeah. is the, the cell phone influence into it. It's yeah. funny, Ford had said years ago that they were going to be, be behind the trend of uh, incorporating CarPlay into their vehicles because they said, we don't want a $500 phone to influence a car purchase. Yet here they are with Sync 3, and they're ahead of with everybody else, them, Chrysler, and a few others, who have awesome integrated systems. So yeah. now it's like, what do you do to... Your Alpine. How do you make right? it better? Yeah, obviously it's amps and speakers and better sound, yeah. but but what do you do with the head unit? Well, you know what's interesting about, and I'll, I'll use trucks as a specific example. Trucks probably have a wider uh, trim gap range than any other vehicle, meaning you can take, let's use it, F-150 yep. as an example. You can buy a white single cab F-150 yep. that's XL 25 grand, yep. XL work truck with a V6 all the way up here to this Super Duty, King Ranch, Lariat, you know, $70,000 truck. So there's such a wide range. So what we find is, you know, the technology, and what's interesting is a lot of the things in the dash are driving the vehicle sale to begin with. So right. the automakers are using that, whatever that is. Uh, you know, look at Tesla as a perfect example of, of using that to, to really lure car buyers. But what it's doing is it's creating this kind of persona of, wow, we can get all this stuff in our truck. But the XLT that the normal guy buys isn't going to have all those options. Right. So what we find a lot of the time is there's a trim gap that we can come in and go, well, okay, maybe this King Ranch has all this cool stuff, but maybe we can upgrade the XLT that the average guy's right. going to buy and make it a little bit nicer for him, add CarPlay, add some of the things yep. that maybe the base vehicle doesn't have. What's that's the where response been? It's been good. I mean, that's where that's been um, with a Wrangler stuff. That's been yeah. very, very successful. We've done it in the uh, the 04 generation F-150. I think yeah. that was one of the first restyles that you guys yep, did. I've right. got it in my 12 Wrangler where we replaced the uh, the you know seven inch or whatever it was. You connect uh, with the big screen that you guys have. I think it's awesome. Yeah. I mean, we have the uh, the one that has the nav built in, but you also have a CarPlay model. Yep. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's just it's it's amazing how much functionality link it to your smartphone. One of the yeah. things I really love is that using the Alpine app now with your head unit so you can really tune and dial in the sound for your specific vehicle. I mean, there's just a ton of features that are, I mean, they're awesome. Yeah. You, you studied up before this interview. Yeah, I know. I, I have one, man. Sean's been on the website. Yeah. yeah. How many manufacturers does Alpine um, supply OE product to? Uh, let's see. It's about six to eight. Um, there's a couple that are big ones, mm -hmm. um, but you know, there, there's, we, uh, you know, over 80% of our business is OE now, yeah. you know, and it's, that's just the reality of the market. You know, uh, most, you think of Ford is all Ford. It's really not. It's a bunch of different suppliers that, that, that come in to provide all the parts. And, you know, there's a lot of different manufacturers, a lot of aftermarket manufacturers that do a lot of OE business. One kind of thing I'm, I'm interested about is, so you look at some of these, uh, some of these new vehicles, right? The OE market, and of course, like you said, it's kind of a hodgepodge of suppliers who put it all together. Yet you guys have Alpine branding on the sub or on the speakers. Yeah. How does that come come into play? How do you beat out all this, the the uh, suppliers so that you can get Alpine actually your logo on the speakers? I mean, the it's marquee, right? Yeah, it it's huge. It's and huge. you know, it's really interesting because we actually build a lot of factory OE sound systems that are not Alpine branded as well. Yep. And the Alpine branding kind of indicates a premium. And usually when we do that, we do some special tuning, we do some special application. And, you know, like uh, Wrangler is a good example of a vehicle that does have an Alpine branded system. And we do some really unique stuff in that vehicle. Did you know that on a Wrangler, nobody knows this, <laughs> if you take the top off of a Wrangler, it changes the tuning on the sound system. Not only does it change the tuning, but the uh, the 07 to at least 12 or 13s don't allow you with the factory head unit to put full volume into the sport bar yeah. speakers above your head because they're worried about rattles. That's true. So you have to take out the head unit if you want to actually have full sound. <laughs> yeah, so 
You're, I, you're I know. Blowing, you're blowing a lot of minds right now. Man, I tell I you, right? <laughs> I, I live in this world. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. it's it's made a huge difference. Just putting the head unit in my 12 it opened oh, up all yeah. the speakers. It's like, wow, this is what it should sound like, right? Yeah. It's interesting. You know, the OEs have a lot of the same capabilities as the aftermarket. If you look at the components themselves, I'll take Jeep again as an example. Okay, they're using for the factory amp, it's like a 16 channel DSP equipped amp. So you can do pretty much anything you want, sound tuning wise. You can set it up the way you want it to play. But the tuning is set up kind of more for a general consumer. So the point is that the aftermarket is going to allow you to go in and tune it kind of the way you want it. Whereas when you buy a new vehicle, it's going to be kind of an average tune of what yeah. most ears are going to want. So it's going to be a little bit more bland sounding. Probably the coolest single thing that you guys make is the waterproof uh, subwoofer in the floor of the Wrangler. That thing I've is not seen that. freaking awesome. You know yeah. what we should do is we'll put a picture of it up on our uh, on our Instagram and our Facebook page for uh, – for the Truck Show podcast, yep. you can take a look at yeah. it. The but Truck Show podcast. There yep. you go. This, I think it's the first time we're saying that on the air. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It sounds the pretty official. Truck Show podcast. Right. Yes, wow. uh, I had to think about look it. Look at us. <laughs> I think it's going to stick, boys. Yeah, all right. <laughs> if we say it about 400 more times. Right. The go. Truck Show podcast. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> but yeah, if you want to talk about that, because that that thing is is freaking awesome. All weather, yeah. everything. It's all weather. You know, the, the Wrangler, and you see Wait, the well, new jail. Well, stop for one second. Yeah. Where does this sit again? In the cargo area of the Wrangler, in the floor. Yeah. And it faces up, and uh, I there's an aftermarket version, right? But there's the new JL is a premium upgrade in the JL. So there's yeah, so the JL, the brand new Wrangler actually has an Alpine sub as well. The factory, yep. but it's on the side; it's not in the floor okay. anymore. And the reason that people, the reason it's not in the floor is people complain about losing their lockable storage space. Right. They wanted to move it, but um, the interesting thing about that sub is the testing that we had to do. So that Jeep has to be able to sit outside, get wet, and get frozen. UV and UV. So think about what that subwoofer has to go through. We yeah. actually had to freeze it and then play it. I think you guys had wow. like a marketing yeah. uh, commercial or something that showed like ice and water, and yep. you guys had the sub going, and the base is blowing it's off the elements. Yeah. I'm sure you learned a lot awesome. from the from the uh, the marine line, oh, yeah. all the yeah. R&D, right? It is. It's it's yeah. the same thing. It's two things. It's UV and it's water primarily. Yeah. That's what kills a product over time. Okay. Okay. I need to pause it here. We're, we've talked a lot about the Wrangler, but we've got it's the truck show. Yeah. And we haven't addressed your Fords and your Chevys. Yeah. And the pain your in the ass. Potatoes. Right. Yeah. Mine, right? Yeah. An 08 3500 HD, right? You see what's happening and right so here? You've Snooping got an angle. Yeah, back full circle. We're going full circle. Listen, listen, listen. I'm going to ask for a few product next. <laughs> Why? No, what no. are you writing on? Is that your list? That I'm just, seeing. Nat's writing down his. Is he typing that? Oh, my goodness. Listen, everyone bitches and moans about sub placement in a four door truck. You had something recently where you've buried it behind the rear seat. It's yes. a very slimline system. Is that in production? It is. It's in production for the uh, Chevy, 14 and up Chevy, so the new body style Chevy pickups. Actually, we make a system for the for the older ones as well, the GMT 900s. But um, essentially what it does is it's like a, it's almost like a variable port. And what the port does is it actually kind of changes the box volume based on frequency. So it actually... It vents to the outside of the vehicle, and it allows the box to act like a larger box with some frequencies and a smaller box with some frequencies. It's kind of interesting. The, the port actually dictates, depending on frequency, how big the box acts. So, so is that act, a sensor inside that, that can It's not a it sensor. Or? It actually does it via, via frequency, okay. and the tuning of that port allows more air out mm -hmm. depending on frequency. So it allows the box to kind of act like a bigger or smaller box. breathes a little bit. So, yep. so, so now you can take a box, yay, you know, two inches yeah. thick and squeeze it behind the well, seat. what happens if somebody's sitting in that seat? Does it know somebody's there and changes it at all? Or It doesn't. I mean, you could tune it that way, but the way that it's the way that it's diverted, it doesn't really affect okay. the passenger that it's sitting, you're sitting straight okay. in front of it. I mean, you've solved a problem that's been around for the last 
a decade with these yeah. with these four door trucks. Yeah. I mean, everyone's building a sub box like you built yeah. for me under you know. Well, and most under of these legs. trucks now have a flip up back seat. Right. And it's great because you got a flat floor. You can load yep. back there. It's awesome. But you put a box back there. Now you got to pull it out every time you take the stuff out. And or let's you, face it, if you lift up your seat and you have a uh, box down there, you can't fit your long guns. You can't. That's true. <laughs> so I that's mean, a, that's a big problem. I mean, that's what I look at. You know? I, I, I mean, it's, it's not a. It well, might be an issue for you. It's right. Not for me, I mean, when I'm going to buy my truck, if I can't fit my gun into the back seat, then you know. This, this just went south. <laughs> well, he, he doesn't have a gun rack on his on his back window yet. Well, see, if you, you know? have a gun rack, people know you have a gun in there. If you put it under the seat, hey, you're good, right? That's, that's true. That's true. Yeah. That's and what, but you, where's the ammo? In the back? In the bed? Like, it's not it, can't be loose. Uh, in a ram? They've got those special ram that's pockets true. under the uh, passenger uh, rear passenger's feet. Oh, yeah. Oh, interesting. Exactly. Or the ram box on the outside. The ram box. Yeah, ram yeah. box is nice. The ram box is legal. Yeah. Lockable. So what's the future for you and for Alpine? And for I mean, are demo vehicles done as far as Alpine's concerned? Uh, I wouldn't say they're done, but they've taken a little bit of a different, um, more of a practical direction. So, for example, you you're know, Steve our, Mother Brown. I know and you build the best badass show but vehicles. I can type a badass email, bro. <laughs> <laughs> He's a sales guy He's now. A sales guy. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it's one of those things where you you kind of evolve yourself as you go, and I mean. I like installing. I, I love getting my hands dirty, but I don't necessarily want to do it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are the best. That's we the bottom line. We appreciate it, guys. The best. Yeah. No, great products, and uh, we appreciate you being one of our first guests here on the uh, Truck Show podcast. You had some Truck balls coming in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, like you said, it, we, we may not, you may not make well, it, like but we said, appreciate if, the practice. If, if nobody ever hears this, it's probably our fault. Right? <laughs> no, well, no. we'll blame you, no, by the way. If they hear it, though. <laughs> our names are on the door <laughs> yeah. Lightning and Holman. It's our fault. That's it, it's man. <laughs> well, we'll be your scapegoat if it, if it blows up. All right, gentlemen? I, love it. I appreciate that. Thanks, guys. Thanks for coming. Appreciate it. All right. Good guy, that Steve Brown, right? Yeah, that was pretty cool. I think so. I've known him for a lot of years. He's a good guy. I partied with him in Havasu. And that guy gets, yeah. Oh, oh, no, wait. I shouldn't say that anymore. Yeah. You can't do that. No. Can you say back in the day? Because Havasu back in the day, (laughs) Yeah, it was back in the day. I remember uh, back with Truckin' Magazine, we used to do uh, cruises from SoCal to Havasu and then just party. And everybody had their trucks and boats. And it was wild. Not like that anymore. I was out in in Needles, which is uh, not far from Lake Havasu. And um, it was like kind of the the poor man's Havasu, if there is such a thing. Yeah, right. right? And uh, I mean, there's a couple million dollar houses on the beach there. But uh, we were there for some kind of like uh, SPO competition. And I drove out there with um, a guy uh, from Competition Soundworks, the owner of Competition Soundworks. And he was in Southern California. That was a big deal back in the day. Competition Soundworks? huge. He was a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So so he was, uh, yeah, so I'm driving out with the owner of the company. And uh, we get out there and and the going on the freeway, there was so an Astro van was so heavy, <laughs> like we would get in these whoops yeah. and the truck would never stop. It yeah. was, I think it was an Astro van. It had to have been. And it would just start these rolling motions, and the shocks just oh, weren't yeah. strong enough to like stop it. Those weren't and, strong enough when they were empty. I no, mean, the exactly. Astro vans were woo. And I remember, and uh, why am I getting to the? Uh, why were we talking about the river and the house? Oh, Steve, Steve, because yeah, 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 back in the day. Yeah, back in the day, we did some damage out there. So <laughs> it's time to read some email. We got to get into it. Here we go. You email? Yeah, I email. Do See, because, see, because, yeah, all right, bro, forget it here. <laughs> Rick Wright from Orange, California writes, I'm um, keeping an older diesel. Uh, oh, yeah, no, he's asking, should I keep an older diesel running instead of spending seventy five grand on a new smog-controlled DPF box? 
Wow, that's he that's is deep. not uh, a fan of the new vehicles. Yeah, although I don't think that's fair. I, I get his point. It, it all depends what you're going to do, what kind of disposable income you have. Um, obviously, if you love your old truck and it does everything you want it to do, keep it. Keeps you out of the emissions headaches and stuff. And yeah, there's some reliability issues with all the crap we hang off for smog emissions now. But it, you know, there's nothing wrong with the new trucks either. I mean, they're they're pretty. I mean, almost a thousand pound feet of torque from the factory now. Out of the box, they're amazing. Uh, and the, and the creature awesome. comforts inside these things. Yeah. I'm telling you, if you got a family, there's so much. Ba- I don't know. I had an old neighbor, and he uh, he had a old Ford Power Stroke OBS style Ford, probably a '94 '95. Finally, ran that truck in the ground. Just picked up himself up a brand new 2018 Ford Super Duty Platinum. Six seven power stroke diesel the whole thing that's spendy that oh, truck no it full tilt like he only buys a truck like once every thirty years okay and he's like I I'm getting it and uh, he actually had the same question should I keep my old truck or get a new one it's like well how much money do you have and what's your use like and by the way personally like new truck's pretty nice and he yeah. got it drove it by my house he's like dude yeah uh, dude they're, I had no really idea really sweet they're yeah. really sweet Brett writes um, I don't like the rear camera on the new Toyota trucks way too much technology in my opinion anyone else um, can the new owner remove or disable these new cameras after purchase and is there an aftermarket plate to cover the hole after you remove the rear camera and he wants to patent that idea <laughs> I, uh, that's good tell to a podcast I don't know I mean Brett I gotta say, leave I the like, damn thing like on there. Them. Like what? Well, and, and it, it's you know everything comes with a rear camera because of the federal law now, so you can't really get around it. Sure, you can take it off, but honestly, they actually work pretty good. And and you know the less kids and shopping carts you run over backing up out of your space in the parking lot in your brodozer, uh, it's probably a good thing. I yeah, I don't know why he would be against I, uh, a backup camera. Yeah, but I just think he's maybe against technology. You know, yeah, what I, mean? I would agree. So uh, and then Dean asks, what does one half, three quarter, and one ton truck ratings really mean? Which one is the best for what application? Why get a three quarter ton over a one ton when their tow ratings and GVWR are similar? Okay, well, that's and a- I don't have a freaking clue because I've talked to three or four people about this, <laughs> and I go, "Oh, cool, that's good information." And I sit down and I realize I didn't absorb anything. Like, <laughs> yeah. What? So, so here's the deal. Back in the day, half ton, three quarter ton, one ton—they all meant meant something, right? What did they mean? Uh, you know, load carrying capability, right? Okay. So the the heavier the truck, the more load, the more robust the frame and suspension, the worse it rode and all that. Now, fast forward to the future, which we're living in the future right now, and it's it's not the same thing. I mean, you have F-150s that have, you know, 3,000-pound, you know, payload ratings and things like that. So it, what used to be, you know, half ton, 1,000 pounds, it's double or triple that now. Um, so it doesn't really mean that. Now it sort of just describes the class of trucks loosely. So your basic half ton is your 150, your 1500 um, Rams and Chevys, your Nissan Titans, your Toyota Tundra, right? They usually have coilover front suspension. They ride a little bit better. They tow, you know, somewhere in the 10 maybe 12,000 pound range, which is crazy, but that's what Ford just came out with and Ram's coming out with in their new half tons. A um, little more comfort, a little more fuel economy, a little bit lighter duty, um, you know, a little bit more your, your family vehicle, right? And then you step up to the three-quarter ton, and you're right, there's not a whole lot of difference in some brands, but there's a whole lot of difference in others. For Ram, for example, right? A three-quarter ton Ram, you know, uh, good tow rating, good mix of ride comfort, uh, and capability. The Ram's different because the three-quarter ton Ram actually has coil springs in the back like the half-ton does. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Which is way cool. When you step up to a 3,500 Ram, you leaves. basically get leaf springs. Leaves, yeah. yeah. So so the 3,500 is like, you know, the 30,000-pound tow monster. It's a beast. And then on the Chevys, 
you know, correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe we'll get some listener email that says I'm an idiot. And I don't know what I'm talking about, but I'm pretty sure that's already happening. Yeah, it's true. They, <laughs> they are writing. I can hear them writing angry letters right now. But the reality is, on the Chevys, the single rear wheel heavy duties are three quarter tons, and the duallys are one tons. Um, that's just how they do it. Everybody does it a little bit different, but it all you know, comes down to ride quality, capability, and and weight. So there's your answer. Okay, got it. Clear so as mud. It, it, you didn't again. I'm gonna I'm gonna go into the other room and go. I don't. Uh, yeah. let it, Holman, just tell me because it, I, at the end of the day, you're gonna buy one that it's best for your. So, so your, your rock your crusher truck. Yes, that's a one ton. I, I, I know. I know that. It's yeah. a, I mean, I got that part. It like, also has a ton of shit on it too. Yes, it does. <laughs> yes, it does. It weighs ten thousand one hundred pounds. That's what my you know, truck that, weighs. I, that's respectable. You broke ten thousand. Yeah. You know? Dude, is eight. I put it on a, a scale down at the port. Yeah, you, you know, had with, to, with, right? I had to because yeah. it was the only way to do. And uh, yeah, the thing is beefy. It's, but we, it's beefy. The wheelwood brakes, they stop it. Yeah, which is good. Yeah, it, no, it they make a great product. It didn't want to stop before that. I can't imagine why. Yeah, bolted <laughs> a lot of stuff on there. So uh, Levon asked, "How will carb impact diesel trucks for home use and not businesses in the future? More testing, more restrictions, etc." I mean, for us, that's the state of California. So we have our own EPA called California Air Resources Board, and uh, they like to have laws that go beyond the federal laws, which is frustrating for us enthusiasts out here. Um, you know, I don't want to. We kind of set the bar. Unfortunately, is that we suck and make the whole rest of the country suck when it comes sort to of. emissions. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess unless you're green, and then it's obviously a really good thing. But right. um, and I and I think we are green overall. We just don't like necessarily the change. It, you know, it's all the complexity that gets added to make things green. And I'm not against green. Like, I get it, right? But at the same time, you know, I've talked to some of my friends in the industry who are diesel experts, and they're like, listen, you know, they want to get, you know, these certain emissions like NOx down and things like that. So they hang all this stuff off of it, you know, catalytic converters and, and DPFs and all that stuff. But isn't what's the trade-off? Because when I take all that stuff off, in theory— the mm-hmm. truck gets way better fuel economy because it's not choked down. So, so is the trade-off better fuel economy and worse emissions, or burning way more fuel but better emissions? And so, I don't know what the balance is. I mean, we should have an expert sometime on the podcast when we talk about diesel emissions. I think it might be pretty interesting. It's like a Gail Banks or yeah, who's, we could who's... have Gail. Gail totally gets that. He'd, yeah. he'd be a great guy to have on. All right, I got one. From, okay. Yeah, from Casey Scranton. CGS Motorsports. CGS Motorsports. Okay. So did, wait, didn't he just win an award at uh, SEMA and? That mother effort just sold both his Mustang and his uh, Ford F two fifty or three fifty yeah. at at uh, not Meekum the other one uh, Barrett Bear Jackson yeah. for big cash. Yeah. Uh, didn't the Mustang go for like a hundred grand? Dude, pretty amazing. Like oh, we, we need to. He needs to take us out for drinks. Yeah, he he's should. Got, he's got some cash yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah. So what do you what, what do you write? Oh, uh, so this is probably the best email that we've gotten so far. Uh, he writes, "That's cool." <laughs> <laughs> So I guess he's going to be a listener. Uh, he better be after I we just so. plugged him. I hope so. I oh, hope man. so. All right. What's up, Casey? <laughs> All right. Last one comes from uh, Mr. Josh Daly. What is the highest you can lift a truck and then still tow a fifth wheel? I mean, don't. <laughs> right, yeah. I don't. Yeah, you have your tow rig and he's then you have asking, your bro rig. He's, he's asking because he drives a Tundra that on, yeah. a, on a 12-inch bulletproof lift. And and don't no, do that. That's I, mean, just... I, I mean, they sell those flip kits, right, for the for the yeah, uh, don't your do fifth that. wheel. And so you can make them talk. Don't, don't, yeah. yeah you, the first time you go down the 10 in Palm Springs and the wind's going 50 miles an hour and you flip over, blow away like, uh, you know, Mary Poppins, it's, it's no good. I don't want to be driving through, like, yeah, the Plain States. No. Right? And no have can the you imagine Nebraska? No. Oh, my God. You've got a great. 
good uh, prairie wind. I mean, I've, I've gone cross country so many times, and I can't even think of one place on the interstate I'd go, yeah, I would totally want to be in a 12-inch lifted truck towing yeah. a fifth wheel. You want to be in a lower dually. That's what you want, yeah, right? 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 Yeah. yeah, as low center of gravity I, as you can I, get. I can't, I can't get behind that. All right. I just, I can't endorse it. <laughs> All right, Holman, we got another guest on the line here, but before we launch into the inside job, I have a new intro that you've not heard yet. The Truck Show, The Truck Show, The Truck Show, Vroom, Vroom. <laughs> the Truck Show, The Truck Show, it's time for the inside job. The inside, the inside, the inside job. It's not over yet. Wow. We'll talk to an industry expert about how things are worky work work. The inside job is on now. All of our guests, they have the know-how on the truck show. The wow. truck show. The truck show. The truck show. Vroom, vroom. Vroom, vroom. <laughs> wow. My uh, my production guy went a little crazy on this. Uh, so there's your intro, Ryan. We're wow. out of time. Thanks for calling. Yeah, hey, what, are we going to call this one minute with Ryan? Is that uh... Exactly. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So Who is Ryan? Who so, is Ryan, and why do we have him on the phone? Yeah, so, uh, so Ryan's a friend of mine who uh, lives out in the uh, Detroit area, has kind of an interesting job. Uh, in fact, he is the... Chief Interior Designer for Ram, Dodge, and SRT. and uh, Yeah. So Ryan Nagoti, Chief Interior Designer. Um, he, he's done a lot of really cool stuff. If you have any late model of those uh, vehicles, he's had his hand in the interior, but really the coup de grace. I don't know if I want his hands in my interior. Uh, well, let's be honest with you. You well, know what I'm saying? You no, got... you don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> if uh, I think the Rebel Ram was probably my favorite, but we just got back from the uh, Detroit Auto Show. And the 2019 Ram 1500, Ryan, you got to tell us about it. This is probably one of the nicest interiors on the market, period. Supercar, truck, whatever. Unbelievable. Why, why, yeah, thank you guys for, uh, for having me on. It's, um, it's great to obviously talk about the truck. It's something we've been, uh, we've been working on for the last four and a half years. But um, in general, I mean, we've been pumping a, a lot of stuff out at FDA, and we're proud of our, our pickup trucks and especially the new 2019 Ram 1500. And I mean, the, the tagline in general has been no compromises with that truck. And I think once you, uh, once you see the truck from the outside, you, you start to, um, come, come away with everything that's packed into it from a technology standpoint. And then you open up the doors and, and then you start to see, you know, what, what I've been slaving over with my team for the last four years. It's, it's pretty special to see all the stuff we packed into it. Well, you've had a lot of competition with um, the other manufacturers have started to step up the, their interiors. Let's be honest. I mean, 10 years ago, trucks were yeah. not thought of in no, that regard. You nobody know, you, cared, right? Nobody cared. It yeah. was really kind of like, and then the Escalade kind of became like the benchmark. Like every yeah. truck needed that kind of plush interior. And then... Uh, tell me that the, the force yeah. is acting on your department. Like you have to, where who's setting the bar it, these days? Honestly, we we created our our actually our interior team um, really based around the 2009 pickup truck when we started developing that because we realized that up until that point in time, there just there wasn't that same effort applied to the inside. At least 
At least it was just wasn't thought of of some place that people were making a purchase consideration for, and and especially trucks. It, it, it sort of changed the culture even within our our own walls that it's a place that we had to pay attention to. And and for us, uh, I don't just look at our competition. Obviously, that it's a pretty tight market because of the trucks. Uh, I'm looking at SUVs. I'm looking at the high end trims. Uh, because really the, the sky's the limit on um, on what what we see people putting in their trucks. And at the end of the day, a lot of people are hauling and towing things that are even uh, much more expensive than the pickup truck that they, that they bought. So in some cases, they want to feel like their pickup truck just at least exudes some of that luxury quality of some of the stuff that they're hauling behind them. Right. Yeah, I think, uh, Holman, Holman, I haven't seen the 1500. So the Ram he's, he's talking oh, about. Yeah. I mean, you saw it. Explain I, to me I, why. I've sat in it. What sets this apart, the interior? Yeah, no, it's, it's unbelievable. So if you, whether you're in the base model, the tradesman, all the way up to the, um, the limited, there's not an interior at any price point that feels cheap. The fit and finish is amazing. The quality of materials. I mean, you go into a limited and, and Ryan, I want have you talk a little bit about this, but we're talking yeah. real wood. Real leather, no leather no. that covers the backsides of the seats. And I'm not buying it. There's no corners cut. <laughs> You're lying right to my face. Massive uh, driver information center in the middle of the IP, and then Ryan, I think probably the signature of the truck is your next generation Uconnect. It's a 12 inch screen. Yes. It looks like a tablet is sitting inside the this pickup truck, but it looks at home. I I think that's the the best part about this pickup truck is uh, we can talk about any little spot around the vehicle and you can probably spend hours talking about it there's so much packed into it and it isn't just on the top level trim and i think that's that's the most appropriate thing is is we don't want to just talk about that and realize that most of the trucks maybe out there are are something else i think that's the best part about the the vehicle Um, we sold the vehicle on a much lower trim level we wanted that to be proud of and i and hopefully you get that feeling as as more and more people are going to start to experience it and it gets out to auto shows and and it eventually will be we will be out in the marketplace. Ryan, is was this an evolution or is it a revolution? Because it doesn't see. It seems like for the last thirty years, truck interiors have been just kind of utilitarian. It doesn't. Yes. All of a sudden, light switch flipped, and guys like you were tasked with building these badass interiors. What happened? Um, it, it, it was. I think it was just all of a sudden this light switch of um, that. Uh, the core of of our market, um, you know, we sell obviously a lot of these vehicles that it's it sort of for us, it sets the bar. Um, you know, in, in some cases, some vehicle manufacturers, you know, are, their car is their, there's the benchmark for us. Um, it really has been, you know, the Ram and, and some of our Jeep products that really set the tone. Uh, in a lot of cases, we can we, we get a chance to, I think, uh, spread our wings a little bit more because we have a lot of volume on our side. So we can do some cool things that maybe uh, a small passenger car you couldn't get away with, right? So I think that's, uh, that's kind of what helps a little bit with that. And, and what's good about it is, is it helps set the tone for our other products and they can hopefully benefit from things that we've brought into the truck. Yeah, I mean, I, I think one of the coolest things about the 1500 is not only do you have the available you know 12-inch Uconnect screen, which is what's cool about that is Normally, in everybody else's vehicles that have CarPlay or Android Auto, it takes up your entire nav or, or head unit screen, right? Right. 
in this, yeah. basically RAM allows you to put the CarPlay on half of the screen and have all your secondary controls on the other half of the screen. Smart. So well, you got 12 inches of space yeah. to work with. I mean, you yeah. don't have to go back and forth. Yes. It pinches to zoom. It has a fast processor. It's The colors are amazing. And Ryan's done a great job and his team of future-proofing it. One of the things is the truck not only has uh, USBs all over the place, it has USB-Cs. And now... Which one, is faster than the three, right? Yeah, it's the small yeah. new connector. Oh, it's the small one. Right, yep. right. Okay. And so now they have it set up where even the back passenger can plug into the USB in the back and run the head unit for content, not just the front people. I, well, and I love, um, I love using the truck, and I think that's, that's some of the biggest things that... Um, I, I've actually always owned a pickup truck, and I think, to me, that's part of what um, all of us that are, that are working on the program... We all somehow, some way, use our pickup trucks, um, and that helps. And I think one of the things that we, that I know, I found myself in need of is that center console was was almost this command center that you were centrally located around. Both the front and rear passengers were always kind of interacting with this thing, and so we we actually developed the center console for the the Ram 1500 almost first, even before we put pen to paper in it. And it's a Swiss Army knife of sorts. To, to the vehicle, it's almost an entire interior in itself, and it and it reconfigures so it allows the, the the customers to kind of utilize how they see fit. So it actually the center area slides three different positions. We can we have close to forty liters of storage, oh uh, which huge. is is it's huge. We can put a fifteen inch laptop uh, in the bottom. Yeah, flat. Uh, we have sort of it's a lot of Schlitz malt liquor. Oh man, well, <laughs> yeah. you can hide that in other places like the floor bins in the back seat, which what? they still have. Yeah. There's, okay. a, there's a there's 151 liters of storage. <laughs> We're basically double to any of our closest competitors in, in terms of interior storage. And, and that's the hallmark for me is that the, the pickup truck in the end, as beautiful as it looks, as, as handsome as this thing looks, uh, it's still got to function both inside and out as a pickup truck. And, and that's important. And, and the center console, I think, is uh, sort of the hallmark of that. Uh, and it does some things even for the rear passengers with our cup holders, our our USBs. We've even integrated sort of a bring-your-own-device iPad holder into the back area where in between the cup holders so that That's you know, we see people doing that a lot more is that they're bringing their devices in their vehicle. They don't want to maybe spend for some of the, the stuff that is maybe a little bit more expensive for some of the infotainment that's in the vehicle. So it's it's a way for people to interact with their uh, their vehicle a little bit in a different way. Which is, your, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, which is great because you have uh, wireless uh, Wi-Fi in there now, so you can have your kids watching their movie, iPad, yes, iPad propped up in the back of the console and stream, you know. The new Uconnect system has the 4G LTE Wi-Fi hotspot, which is, which is awesome, and it just, it really, it's, so technologically advanced that uh, this entire system, I think it, it uh, is the hallmark for for our pickup truck and the rest of the FCA group. Tell me something, Ryan, that you designed in the new Ram 1500 that I can put my finger on, my index finger, and touch it and go, I know the dude that made this. <laughs> um, I, I think one of the coolest things that I, I love um, sort of talking about is on our Longhorn model, which we just launched uh, down at the Houston Auto Show. Is uh, is this barn wood style of finish, and I, ever since we launched the original Longhorn, I, I just it's something that I always wanted to do was literally take a branding iron and stamp the wood and burn the wood with with the branding iron to give you that sort of authenticity, and that was something we were able to pull off in the yeah. pickup truck. Our, our color our color and trim group is great. Badass. Um, they're awesome. They're awesome about really working and executing the stuff and. And uh, the, the the ladies that worked on that just really hit a home run with uh, with making it happen. 
So uh, the uh, the cab on the new truck's four inches longer, and so you guys are able to give that's that. That's what she said. Yeah, that is what she said. <laughs> yes. You were able to give that's that a... all the way back, uh, give all that room back to the rear passenger. Now your seats recline in the regular uh, crew cab, not even the mega cab. In the crew cab, you have reclining rear seats now. What? Yeah, Correct. So, so much yeah, room. So we have what? four inches. Yeah. Yep, four inches Cross more legs. Uh, leg room, which is amazing for a pickup truck. You open the doors. I think most people that have been in the truck um, – feel like it's a limousine back there. So you shortened and, the bed? Uh, the, Where'd you get the room? You just can't, I mean, the No, tr- we, we, we literally lengthened the bed, the, uh, the entire truck, four inches. Yeah, so wheelbase. the bed has stayed the same. Oh, yep. yeah. The, the wheelbase has increased, which is awesome. And you get back there and the seats recline about eight degrees. A lot better than yep. Southwest, right? Oh, way better than Southwest. Man, you know, you sit in the back of the truck, you can get the glass roof now. Okay. You can cross your legs, you can recline the seats, stare at the stars, listen to good music. I mean, it's it, the thing is awesome. I actually think... The back seat is, if you're not driving, it's way better than the front seat. Ryan, Ryan, did you have to fight anyone on, like, because a lot of cars, economy cars, not your stuff, but the economy yep. cars, you know, everything feels plasticky. At any point, did corporate step in and go, uh, we need to cut some costs here, and did it, and you're like, I'm not making a plasticky. Yeah. What were your wins? Because, seriously, <laughs> well, you had to have some battles, right, to get this thing out the door? We, we, I mean, we had every everyone working on the vehicle, any vehicle. They, they obviously they have challenges. Um, I, I think you're you're working with the same team from day one, and I think a lot of it is is just everyone together working together for a common goal. And so up front, we said, you know, we want this, we want this, we want this, and and everyone was sort of lock arm and step in saying we need to build uh, a luxury level truck down the line and we need to have that feel at every at every stage well i mean you worked we on had this to thing. make yeah sorry go ahead and i was gonna say i was gonna say we had to make compromises but hopefully that's that's where stuff um it doesn't it doesn't come across to the the customer in that sense that um we wanted to make sure that everything that the customer is touching and feeling is is top notch it sounds so like it sounds like you were really forced to be creative here and that's the best part about, you know, my business. Um, you know, I, the, the, the degree that I uh, came out of school with is an industrial design degree. And that's what each of the, the men and women that are at work that, that do on a daily basis is, is problem solving, finding creative solutions that in the end look awesome, look great, function well. Um, but, at, you know, they don't, they don't make the vehicles unobtainable for people. So I think that's important. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Yeah, man. This, I'm, I'm jealous that you've already seen it. Dude, I'm sad, and I can't wait to sad drive it. I drive, yeah. I drive it in in like a month. And, oh, you do? Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to be awesome. I'll see Ryan out there, and uh, he'll give me, uh, I'm sure he'll give me a ride, and we'll uh, we'll, we'll fawn over the soft touch surfaces and the stitch dash. <laughs> and I know you're going to send me some video, oh, yeah. and it's going to suck for me. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Ryan, thank you so much well, for uh, carving out the time for us. Of course. Thank you guys yeah. for having me on. It's yeah. been, uh, been a pleasure. And we know the uh, the heavy duties are just around the corner, so uh, this is uh, this is the first show, so uh, we may have to have you back when the uh, when the heavy duty trucks launch. Good stuff coming. Thank you. Awesome. All right, brother. Appreciate awesome. it. Talk soon. Thanks. Holman, you're the expert. You oversee quite a few magazines, right? I, I'm sorry, brands. Brands. Right? Brands yeah. that all have to do with trucks. Yep. Lifted, lowered, the whole thing. And so I want you, this, this first segment is going to be you bringing us up to speed. What's going on in the truck world? Don't talk yet. What's, What's new, new in trucks? trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. Lifted, lowered, and everything in between. What's happening in the world of trucks? Uh, oh, man. Solid. Yeah, that was pretty good. 
Man, I don't know if I can live up to that. You can. That was uh, weak sauce. Come on. All wow. right. What, what, what you got for me? Well, you know, one of the things that we do over at our brands yes. is a huge part of uh, the work that we do is, is our of the year awards, right? So um, both at four-wheeler pickup truck of the year and four-wheeler SUV of the year, and we have their truck trend pickup truck of the year. And so we actually just put the press releases out uh, the last uh, over the last couple of weeks and uh, figured we'd uh, tell you who the winners are. So the 2018 four-wheeler SUV of the year is the uh, Land Rover Discovery. Yeah. Really? Amazing. Okay. Yeah, that thing was, I mean, surprisingly capable. The, what they've done at Land Rover, traction control, and every, I mean, blew the guys a four-wheeler away. And then more importantly, pickup truck of the year this year is the uh, Chevy Colorado ZR2. What? Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, I know a lot of people are freaking out about that truck. Yeah, there's cool. been a lot. I mean, SEMA had, we had a couple of them, right? Um, truck uh, Guru made one that looked like Lightning McQueen. Yeah. Roadster Shop. Roadster Shop did one two years ago, right? Yeah. Wasn't that a Colorado? Well, those are Colorados, but this is the new ZR2, which is basically your Tacoma TRD Pro competitor. And uh, the, the Colorado is, is pretty badass. You, you compare it to the TRD, eh, you know, the Toyota's an old platform and it's not that exciting. The Chevy, you can get diesel, you can get gas. Now the ZR2 comes with off-road tires or any speed rear locker, a mode they call angel mode where you take off all the nannies so you can drive it out in the desert or wherever off-road without anything. Angel know. mode? Yeah, because you need an angel on your shoulder because you can get into trouble. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but the, right. uh, the cool thing about it is it comes with brand new uh, Multimatic spool valve shocks. And so anybody who's into shock technology knows that this is like a quantum leap ahead of everything else out there. Everything else is a shim style. And so these are typically road racing shocks that Chevrolet worked with Multimatic on. And uh, okay, hold on, wait, it's we, crazy. We, we got to stop for a second. Yeah. So you're not talking about like a, a standard shock that is like a King or a Fox or something no. like that. No, where they where the inside they have valves. There's and, valves and the shim stack. Yeah. Okay. It's not that. No, it's uh, they're called spool valves, and the the shocks are are crazy looking. It's like a triple bodied shock, has this uh, crazy piston design that has these little spool valves in them, and we can put some pictures on our on our Facebook page and. Uh, at, at Truck Show, Truck Pod- Show Podcast. Podcast, yeah, the yeah. Truck Show Podcast, yes. And show you, but uh, there's a ton of information at fourwheeler.com. In, in fact, uh, uh, one of our guys wrote an in-depth piece of how they work. It's really crazy advanced technology, never really been used in the dirt before. And what's cool is this truck only has about 10 inches of travel, but it makes it feel like a whole lot more. I'm not going to say it's Raptor level. Raptors, that's a whole other level of super truck. But from out of the box, it's amazing how capable the ZR2 is. Freaking awesome truck. And the fact that you can get either diesel or gas engine with it. I mean, you know, the Overland guys love the uh, love the diesel. The Go Fast guys love the gas V6. Very cool truck. So I, I stand behind my guys, the selection of it, 100%. And uh, then last but not least, the Truck Trend Pickup Truck of the Year Award is the... Uh, I feel like I need right here a drum roll. I don't yeah. have one handy. The- hey, do it. Can you do it? GMC Denali 2500. And so the, oh, interesting. Yeah, this okay. is pretty cool. The, uh, the L5P is the new uh, Duramax. Yeah. Oh, my... God. Everyone's talking about the thing. It's Dude. a torque monster. Dude, it's amazing. Uh, amazing. And they've done such a nice job with that truck. Um, it actually is the first time uh, that a three-quarter ton has won the competition, or Heavy Duty's won the competition. Usually it's a, a half ton, just from the way it typically works out, because the way the truck trend guys do it is it tries to find the, you know, the holistic approach to the best all-around truck. We do it all. We do, you know, all the performance testing, loaded, unloaded, with a trailer, without a trailer. We do highway. We do off-road. And uh, the, the GMC was unbelievable. So if you want to find out more about the GMC and why it won and what the field was, head over to trucktrend.com and uh, check out our of the year coverage. So those are uh, those are the big uh, big news. And then also I just got back from the 
2018 North American International Auto Show, which was a huge, huge truck year. So um, you've got the 2019 Ram 1500. Right. We've got the 20, uh, the 2019 Silverado 1500, which watching those guys go back and forth. As journalists, we kind of walk around the show. All the Chevy guys are in the Ram. All the Ram guys are in the Chevy. Everybody's checking out each other's trucks and stuff. Um, and everyone knows who everyone else is, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Okay. And okay. it's going to be a battle. Like, th- this, those two trucks are elevating the half-ton market right now. It's going to be where's, pretty where, crazy. Where's Ford in all this? Well, so Ford just introduced a, a diesel in the uh, in the F-150. Oh, right. Yeah, and they just had their mid-cycle refresh that's for the EcoBoost, right? Nope. Oh, nope. No. That's the uh, that's the gas, uh, direct injection gas engine. So this is the uh, diesel powertrain that, that's never been seen uh, in the U.S. before. And so Chevy's also introducing in the new Silverado big news in the half ton a three liter straight six diesel. So now the Eco Diesel, Ford's Diesel, Silverado's Diesel. I mean the the market in half ton trucks is is crazy. And then we'll I think we should have some Silverado guys on. Uh, we'll talk about the Chevy in a later show. Uh, we'll get those guys on because there's a ton to talk about that truck. Biggest story of the year so far was the Chevy, and I think it's the polarizing styling. They got rid of the trapezoidal fenders uh, or wheel openings. Diesel powertrain. Wait, wait, wait. Um, so, uh, is the rumor is true that they're going back to round? Yeah, they're going yeah, to, it's out. to, to round. Oh, okay. yeah. We'll show it. Check it out. Check Holy it out. Crap. All of our coverage at trucktrend.com. And um, the last thing is uh, Ford also introduced the Ranger. So, the Ranger's coming back. So, 2019 uh, Ford Ranger. And then the other thing is uh, what's really cool. So, not only did Ford just uh, introduce the, uh, the all new Ranger, so Chevy Colorado competitor, great looking little truck, modified uh, pretty heavily for the US market. So, it's not the exact same as the overseas truck. But Ford of Australia has been teasing the Ford Ranger Raptor. And so who knows if it's coming to the U.S., but uh, check out fourwheeler.com because you'll see all of our videos and stuff from the launch back uh, on February 7th. And uh, it's pretty exciting, man. It's A Ranger Raptor. A Ranger Raptor. So, I mean, the pickup market, I mean, I remember back in 08 when things weren't great and, and every manufacturer at the auto show hid their trucks and now this year it's loud and proud there's trucks everywhere so oh yeah this is the you know great time to have a truck show podcast because uh, we're living the dream i'm walking around SEMA this last november and it's like the car guys are like can't trucks just die already i'm like dude you don't even get it right you don't get it trucks are bigger than ever before yeah, and way this is bigger. The biggest wave I think I've seen in my lifetime. Yeah, I know. It's just, it's incredible. All right, well, you brought us up to speed. Appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. Hello. Todd, hey, it's uh, Lightning and Holman from the Truck Show podcast. What's up, Todd? Yes, sir. What's happening? How's it going, guys? Good, it's good. It's really good. We're excited to have you on the show here. Yo, the Truck Show! <laughs> who dis, who dis? Who the hell is this? A truck show interview you don't want to miss. We talk to top dogs in the industry. How'd you blow up? How'd you come to be? Who dis? Who dis? Truck show represent. <laughs> See? What do you think? Who dis? That's right, oh, Todd. You have your own intro, dude. Dude, check That's it out. Awesome. <laughs> Would you think that was better than the last that. one? Uh, I think, uh, no, I'm shorter. I'm happy with that one. It is (laughs) shorter. Exactly. So, Todd, you are co founder of the Lone Star Throwdown in Conroe, Texas. Am I saying it right? Conroe, Texas? Okay. Yes, that's correct. What's the backstory to this show? You guys started very organically, and now you are arguably the biggest truck show in America? Well, I don't know if that's true or not. There's, you know, some other bigger ones, I believe, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it was just uh, Lonnie and I, we got together and we've talked about doing a show and uh, we finally made it happen in 2012. And man, it, this thing's grown into something we never we never dreamed of. How many trucks do you guys have now at a typical show? 
Um, what we do is we do uh, all online registration. Uh, we've capped it at 2,000. 2,000? <laughs> <laughs> I told you, dude. Yeah, and wow. Just because we ran out of room in the park, so I've we, seen Texas uh, truck dealers that don't have trucks like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah we had twenty five hundred one year, and and uh, it was just too much in that park. It was just so you was, actually are doing less now than what you did at your peak. That's amazing. Yeah, just because it just got too messy. It just it was too many people, too many vehicles, and it was kind of gridlocked. So let's 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 rewind a little bit because we kind of glossed over the, how this thing got started. So are you negative camera guy? Yeah, yeah, I have okay. been for since 95. Okay, so it starts out as a negative camber show, or? No, no, no it, it's just Lonnie and, and myself. Um, that's it. We're just two guys that are in camber, and we, we do the event with uh, ourselves and our families. And so you put the word out how when you first do show number one in 2012? Um, mostly through social media. You know, we bought some uh, ads in some of the magazines and, uh, you know, just kept pushing it on social media that that seems to be where uh you get more more people man because you've got lifted lowered everything it runs the gamut at this show but does it seem like there is a focus on your end i mean do you have a preference of what trucks show up um you know we're truck guys we always have been probably always will be um and you know the 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 scene and that quote-unquote scene has kind of changed where a lot of guys are getting into the lifted stuff and so, you know, we, we like everything. We like lifted stuff, lowered stuff, airbag stuff, uh, classic cars. We, we like everything. So we, we've, it's an open show. We'll let anybody come in, obviously. But, you know, we're, we're truck guys, so I think we kind of direct it a little more that way. So, Todd, what, what's the big draw? I mean, do you guys have like a show and shine award? Do you guys have different classes? What, what's the thing that brings, I mean, 2,000 trucks, right? I mean, that... That's incredible. You know, we we have a lot of vendors. I think this year we've got upwards of 100 vendors. Um, wow. So, you know, we, we try to bring everybody in that we can fit into the park. Um, you know, I, I think some of it has to do with it's the first show of the year. Everybody's ready to get out and start seeing everybody, and, you know, seeing what trucks people have been working on, you know, over the winter break. And uh, so I, I just think it's it's timing. I think everybody's ready to get out. It's not hot out. Uh, and everybody's ready to see their people. Yeah, and that's a good point, too, right? Because uh, you guys are, are basically the first show of the show season. You guys kind of kick it off, and, and you're right. Everybody's been building over winter, been kind of keeping quiet on, on what they're out, uh, up to. This is the very first time they have a chance to get out in public and get some exposure. So you've got guys coming out from California, Southern California, from back east, the whole thing. I mean, guys are making 20-hour drives to get to you. Why? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, nothing against you, Todd, but like, what? What's what is up with hey. this? Is like you become a second SEMA? It's because we're nice guys. No, I, I, <laughs> I think it's. I think it's because everybody's ready to get out. Everybody's ready to go and and uh, you know just see what's out there, see what's in the show scene, and come see all of our vendors. And Todd, it's the barbecue, um, isn't it? Let's be honest. Everybody's going out for a good Texas barbecue. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of good Texas barbecue out here. There's yeah. Mexican food, too. At what point does this become a full-time job for you? Let's Because, dude, <sighs> if 100 vendors, this is legit income that you guys are making. This is not just a, a local truck show anymore. This is now a major event. Yeah, and again, Lonnie and I, when we sat down... I said, look, let's, we'll be, I think we'll do 600 vehicles. He's like, I don't think we'll have that many. Well, and we did 658, I want to say, is the first show. And then the next year was 850, and then it went to 1500. You know, it's just, it kept snowballing. Again, we never thought we would 
have the event this big. We never thought we'd ever outgrow that park. We just we just never thought that it was going to turn into something. And as far as a full time job, I mean, it we'll do the event, and we probably won't think about it for sixty days or so, and then we start everything back up again. Man, your break um, is sixty days. That's it, huh? <laughs> oh man. So at this point, dude, Todd, you're like, stay away. <laughs> right? I mean, let's be honest. Like, stay away. Now, what about, so you're, you're at CAP, right? You can't handle any more people in this park. So you're either going to have to grow or if you want to keep it this size, and they make it really hard to get into. Well, you're not purposely making it hard, but it just is. And are you no, okay, are you okay with, with uh, spectators coming in? I mean, now, because we're on a podcast talking about it to, to a bunch of truck fans around the country, and they're hearing about te- you know, the Lone Star Throwdown. Everyone reads about it in all the magazines now. It's all over social media. It is the, it is become the the SEMA for for trucks for truck enthusiasts, and now they can't they can't really be there right with their vehicle. Yeah, and that's that's what we hate because you know we sit down and we think, God, where can we move it to? Where how do we how do we get more people in here? How do we get three thousand or twenty five hundred again or whatever it may go up to? Because we feel like in Conroe, you know, the city's behind us, the county's behind us. We're within a 45-minute drive of, of a major airport. There's there's tons of hotels in Conroe and restaurants, plus probably 20 minutes down the road, if that far, there's the Woodlands, which there's more hotels and restaurants. So logistically for all that, it, it, it's a great place. So, you know, when you think about, God, where do we go? How do we move without hurting the, uh, the people coming out and, and people participating? Usually – when events move, you watch the numbers drop a little bit, or maybe it just kills them all together, and that's kind of what we're worried about. So, you know, we feel like if we manage this place to the best of our ability, maybe we can make it work. So the takeaway here, Todd, is that uh, early registration next year, and if you don't make registration, uh, you're host and do it again the following <laughs> year, right? Get your damn truck done. Yeah, exactly. We, we try to get it up in August. And then we we cut it off on New Year's Day. Gotcha. All right. So gotcha. we, we you know that, that's, that's a big window. Like, what is that? Five months? Yeah. yeah I mean, that's a pretty big keep window. Keep your eyes on <laughs> LoneStarThrowdown.com. That's where you're going to have the registration. Thank you, Todd. Really appreciate you carving out the time for us. Yeah. Thanks, guys. I appreciate the uh, opportunity to do it. Hey, Absolutely. God, man. Be good. You got our support. We'll be out there. Thank you. Bye, right, brother. Thank you all again. Bye, bye. I think one of the segments that we wanted to do, Mr. Holman, is. Um, where we look back at trends, yeah. right? And I yep. think that we were at, uh, we weren't at IHOP. Where were we? We were at Norms. So for those who don't know, Norms, uh, Norms is like a Southern California really crappy Denny's. <laughs> yes, yes. It's a wannabe Denny's. Oh, no, that's not true. Hey. No, it's, it's all right. It's, all right. it's, it's, it's Denny's. It's, it's no Waffle House, though. No, no, Waffle House blows. No. No, I'm telling you, Waffle House is, Waffle I know, House. I'm, this is sacrilege. I get it. I, uh, I mean, there's people who are, I, you're disappointing I, me. Right I now. own a Waffle House coffee mug, the little 11 ounce one, the tiny Somebody one. Somebody gave that to you because nope, you're a hater. No, bought it. No, nope, right. bought it, bought it in Texas. And I don't know where, no, it wasn't Texas. It was somewhere in the South, but I got it. They make but good grits. They, no, it's all cardboard. No, Dude, it's all cardboard. It's no IHOP. <laughs> it's no IHOP. You know it's not. It, what, what can, we special? can we agree on at least Cracker Barrel being awesome? No. Wow. No. No. All right, Dr. Pepper being awesome. Yes, Dr. Pepper's okay, all awesome. Right, all, right, we, we yeah. can, all right, we can continue this It's the only one with, like, real caramel in it, you know? So, is, isn't it? Dr. I don't Pepper's know. It's got caramel in it. That's no, what I mean, you love that's about the coloring, it. right? No, I, I love know, the caffeine. 
Oh, you love the caffeine. Yeah, what I love is the is the delicious uh, nectar of the gods that is Dr. Pepper cuts through all the spicy food I enjoy. Yes, it does. Yeah, and see? it takes stains off the sides of your pool if you ever, you know need to <laughs> if use you it need as, to, yeah, yeah, like a detergent. <laughs> um, so this we were talking as over our pancakes, and we were discussing uh, trends that we are kind of embarrassed. Yeah, at you know over time, it, 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 we knew they were silly and fun. I think what we were trying to figure out is what trends were on the wrong side of history, right? Like, like that's, <laughs> yes. that's what it was. And, and we we're trying to figure out what are the things that, you know, our listeners would want to hear about or remember that we can kind of give a backstory to. And then we both looked at each other. It was like, <laughs> truck nuts, yes, right? Yes, truck nuts. And, and that's where this came from. So that, so that, so that happened. So that, so that, so that happened. There was a trend that went down. We look back now. So that happened. So we look back at wow. a trend that we're not exactly <laughs> proud of, and truck nuts is that trend. Oh man, who right. doesn't who doesn't know somebody that's been affected by truck nuts in your life? Exactly. So on the phone, we've got Vice magazines. Well, Vice is massive, and they're it's Vice Media now, right? So, uh, Mac, how do you say your last name? Is it Lamoureux? Lamoureux. Lamaru. Okay, great. And yep. you're you're in. Are you in Toronto? I am in Toronto. Toronto. Got it. Got it. How yep. long have you been writing for uh, and contributing to Vice? Uh, I've been writing for Vice for about uh, four years now, I think. Previously, I was at the CBC, which is our national broadcaster, out in where I'm from, which is Alberta, which is kind of the the Texas of Canada, and that's where I kind of got the inspiration to write write about truck nuts and to more or less, <laughs> you know, embrace the fad. So you wrote an article. We were talking about like how did truck nuts get started, and we realized quickly that there wasn't just one man that started truck nuts. There was a battle between two guys. You wrote an article uh, called "The Bitter Battle Between Two Men Who Both Say They Invented <laughs> Truck Nuts," and it was between a guy named David Ham and John Saller. You wrote a really funny piece on this back, uh, I want to say like two years ago or so. And I, I don't know if you recall the article because you're a busy writer and you write, you produce a lot of content. But it, it was a really funny reporting of these two bitter old men that both claim they invented truck frickin' nuts. Oh, man, it was crazy. I, I pitched the story because I was a freelance writer back then. And I was like, you know what? This is something I can bang out in a weekend. I'll uh, make a couple hundred bucks. And then I started looking into it, and it just started just getting weirder and weirder. And I kept having <laughs> to email my editor and be like, look, man, I need another two weeks. I don't know what's going on. I have this man named David Ham. He's really angry at me right now. And it, it, oh, it, it's Did insane. Did you sucked down the truck nut hole? Right. She got sucked down the truck <laughs> yeah. nut hole. So, so, Mac, exactly what happened between these two men? And was there a first? Like, dig down. Tell me about the story. God, it's really hard to tell if there was a first because it was quite long ago. It, it kind of seemed the genesis for the idea was in kind of the mid to late 90s. And... It was between these two guys, David Ham and John D. Saller. And either, you know, one of them copied the other, or it was just kind of like these weird, serendipitous, I'm going to put nads on my truck, <laughs> thing they had at the exact same time. But either way, these, both of these websites popped up, and they both claimed to have invented it. Um, one said they invented it while they were out driving. They were 4 by 4 and someone yelled something like, show them your balls, and then he had this vision of balls behind a truck. And the other one said that he just saw him while he was in a rally and kind of stole the idea. And so they started creating these. They, they went to plastic manufacturers. It took them a long time, they both said, um, to <laughs> find a molder that will make, you know, they'll 
make a mold of balls, like a ball sack. And might I add and, uh, that the later versions were very anatomically correct. Yeah, yeah, they were. <laughs> oh, yeah. They had hair and some junk oh, yeah, on Yeah, they did. It you was know, gross. What I want to know is at what point did they have to, you know, did the war, the volley start where it's like, I need to have colorful truck nuts. I need to have metallic truck nuts. I, I need to add I, hair and I, veins. That, that started way later. That started yeah. much, much oh. later. But these guys, uh, Mac, they were not businessmen, right? These are just two yahoos that had an idea and they were going to go for it, correct? Yeah, you can kind of respect them for being like, you know what, I'm going to bet my life <laughs> on the fact that people are going to want to hang balls on it. I'm going to put my entire life savings into it. And you know what? Both of them kind of made a living off it, so all the respect to them. How did they become aware of each other, and at what point did it become venomous? Like, they were public posting stuff on their own websites about the other guys by name. This is not just trying to take... They didn't take the high road. No. These guys were taking oh, no, shots God. across... I mean, so, I mean this, David Hamm and John Taylor, one eventually died, right? And the other one basically danced yeah. on his grave. I, I remember calling up David Hamm and he kind of like hinted... He pretty much said, good, I'm glad he's dead to me. What? <laughs> yeah. This is this is over balls. This is over truck nuts. But I think one of the craziest things in the entire story is that David Hamm dressed up in a fake, like... I don't know if he was wearing the fake glasses and the fake nose, but I like to imagine he was. But he got up in a disguise, and him and his wife drove from, I believe, Arizona to New Mexico to essentially infiltrate John Saller's, um, his manufacturing plant and buy some of his truck nuts. And he admitted this to me, and he called it industrial espionage, and he went under the name Bozzy Willis. <laughs> Bozzy Willis. <laughs> yeah. And were they successful? No, he got he got caught, right? Yeah, he got caught. <laughs> Chad Tombo, who is John D. Saller's business partner and the guy molding him, recognized him immediately because I should probably back up now. They had found out they were both making these <laughs> these truck nuts, and this is where it got a little weird. He, he no, it's already said, weird. Like, that's not where that's not where it got <laughs> yeah. weird. By the way, there's by the way there's there's, there's no there's no uh, attorneys involved or anything at this point. This is just two, two dudes, dudes duking it out. Dude, yeah. I, I have this vision of walking into the uh, post office with a wanted poster, and you can see this guy walking into the competitor truck nuts <laughs> with his photo on the wall. Do not <laughs> sell this guy nuts under any circumstances. Right? Yeah. Do not serve. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, so what ended up happening here? Like, how did it get settled or never settled? Like, what, it just went on and on forever? So it went on and on and on, and, like, it, it culminated, and as we were talking about earlier, this joint, what I can only describe as, like, a flame war between two older men who don't know how to use the Internet. Because they started posting <laughs> under fake names, but they would sign it with their own. And they would pretend to be lawyers, but they would use I when referring to themselves. I have a and name for this. Analog trolling. Analog trolling? Yeah. I like that. Analog yeah. trolling. Hashtag that. I'm taking the hashtag right there you now. Go. I, I did a word count of how much they were writing back and forth. And these are on, like, review websites and, like, business corruption forums and everything. And it was 17,000 <laughs> words. That's a novella. Wait, 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 wait. So you're saying, wait, 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 wait. So Mac, you're saying that they they wrote seventy thousand words about each other. Seventeen. 
17. I, I don't even know if I could have gotten through it. It was 17. I'm just surprised right? at a guy that's taking testicles off the back of his truck and spell and write. So. Well, not well, according <laughs> to <laughs> Mac here. Yeah. Yeah. So are you, uh, I mean, and yournuts.com is still up and running and they, they've got yep. all, they've got chrome and they have powder coated nuts and they have, there's aluminum and steel and. And we get him cr- on a podcast. I mean, I think we have to call him. We're going to, we yes. Have to. But see, this is the backstory. We're yeah. warming up to. I didn't want to just have the dude on. No, no, but we right? got we got to find out more because now I'm really intrigued by this. Like, I, I think we can't let the truck nuts die with uh, one interview. No. Like, this is a deep story. Yes, this yeah. is balls deep. <laughs> we're going, we're going balls deep on the truck nuts story. It's so funny. So you pitch this story to your editor at Vice, yeah. and you prolong. Yeah. You're like, I can't believe how ridiculous this is going. And so now you're oh, up to like now. Now it's costing Vice like two thousand dollars for this five hundred. Yeah. You know, for this, for this was supposed to be a five hundred word essay or something, and yeah. and it, and it prints. And uh, so, what was the fallout from your article? Uh, did these guys I'm- read it? The families care. Like, what happened? Sadly, John D. Saller, he actually passed away a year before I published the article. So I had to speak to Tombo, uh, who is his business partner, and he doesn't really have much family. So I didn't hear too much from them. But I do believe I got some, it was a couple of years ago I wrote it, but I do believe I got some strongly worded emails from David Hamm. Um, because when I originally talked to him, he was the first person I talked to. And he just told me his story. He didn't mention, you know, Bulls Balls or John D. Saller at all. And then I, I just kept calling him back and being like, hey, I'm finding new stuff out. Can you talk to me about it? And he just kept getting angrier and angrier at me. And I get it. I was looking back when you contacted me about this article, and I was like, I, I did an investigation. I did investigative reporting into truck nuts. And I <laughs> That's a resume builder right it. there. I remember I was asking him to send me documents of proof, and he just ended up yelling at me that this isn't court. <laughs> this is not court. Well, it's you a, come into my nuts world. And <laughs> around, boy. It's a very it interesting story. The battle for truck nuts, and I, I, I recommend you guys got to go on just, just Google. It. It'll pop right up. The Vice yeah. article. Just say Vice truck nuts, and it'll pop right up. And it's a really yeah, funny, much. really funny read that uh, that Vice's Mac Lamoro did. And uh, I appreciate you coming on. This is uh, it's been it's been fun. We got to get together again, and we'll, we'll if you do anything. Truck related, we got yeah, you let on us first, know. right? Yeah, we, let we, us know. we claim dibs. Dibs. Deal. <laughs> All right, brother. I'm here. I appreciate All it. Right. Great. Talk cool, to you. Man. Thanks. Thanks again. So I, I think that was okay for our first truck show podcast. It wasn't bad. I mean, dude, Ram trucks, Alpine, uh, Lone Star Throwdown, the battle over truck nuts. We did not. It's yeah, not I mean, too bad. I think I think the show was solid. I don't know about the host. No, like, I think the host <laughs> suck. Let's see what let's see what people write back to us. Yeah, yeah. If you want to check in with us, I would appreciate it. Hit us at uh, the Truck Show Podcast at gmail.com. That's the Truck Show Podcast at gmail.com. Here we go. The Truck Show. The Truck Show. The, the Truck, truck show. show. Whoa, whoa. Come on, sing it. The, the Truck show. No, it's not. Let's, okay, let's, let's not. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for tuning into the episode number one. Hopefully, there will be an episode number two. Woo!